Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. This was supposed to be the New Year's Day episode, but we're a few days late for that. But we heard yesterday that it was actually Quitter's Day, the day that Quitter's people... Day! <laughs> Don't quit! Quitting's for quitters! Anyways, we heard it was Quitter's Day, and we thought, no, what a great time to shore up and reaffirm your New Year's resolution. So this is going to be the New Year's resolution reaffirmation episode. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, DotWalk.io. You know, Corey, do you know what I heard on the uh, ServiceNow Slack channel just today? What's that, Robert? Someone asked is ATF worth it? And I'm just thinking about all the things you can get from ATF, like basically push button, run all your test cases. And you could get it to the point where it's just every single day you wake up in the morning, you press the button, you see if anything has screwed up since yesterday, how could it not be worth it? Yeah, man. But how long does it take for me to set all that crap up? I mean, think about it, right? Like you're telling, you're just trying to sell me on push button automation, but there obviously has to be some startup time there. Yeah, so I guess the value is only relative to the cost, right? And I think that's why we love .walk.io so much because it really eliminates a lot of that front-end labor. Whereas with ATF out of the box, you have to build all those definitions yourself. With .walk.io, it discovers all your use cases just by simply looking at the way you use the data in the first place. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's the product that has the right balance of setup and execution. So put it on your to-do list this year, make it a New Year's resolution to check out .walk.io. Get to that point, that magic point where you have push button testing for your entire ServiceNow instance. Do it with .walk.io. Okay, on to the show. We are uh, confirming and reaffirming our New Year's resolutions. Give it a shot, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that's always on my list Better project organization, better project automation, right? I, I kind of put both of those in the same basket, just basically being more organized. And being more organized is probably on everyone's New Year's resolution list. I know it's been on mine as long as I've gone back making New Year's resolutions, right? But, you know, this one's a, a bit more specific than just general being more organized. It's important, especially when you're an independent guy, right? That you have your projects set up in a way that you can context switch swiftly right? That you can keep yourself organized in terms of meeting notes, upcoming meetings, deliverables, keeping track of things that were discussed and validated and accepted and agreed upon, you know, the whole nine yards. And also being able to have uh, systems in place that do some of this stuff for you automatically. Oh, right? talk to me, buddy, about like doing all this over multiple calendars. Yes. Oh, like- so that is like number one on the list, right? I manage so many different calendars and trying to make sure that there's real availability there when I mm-hmm. think there's availability there. Sometimes I'm checking two, three, four calendars just to make sure before I schedule a doctor's appointment or a meeting with a client. Like it, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Like a, a solution for that would save me hours of time per week. What do you literally. use, Calendly or something or? You know, I've got Calendarly. It's only like halfway, Mm. right? Like right now it it works okay for me where I can go in and see blocks of time that are unavailable, but it's still not the solution that I want, right? Because I still have to go here and do it. It doesn't allow me to push my availability to the client. Like I often get an email, hey, we need to set up a, a call to discuss Project X, right? And what's your availability three days out of the next week, right? right? Like if I had the ability to just go somewhere and copy paste and I get a blocks of time that I'm available and then just shoot it off. Right. Like that. If I could do that in yep. one, two, five minutes instead of 30, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I am the same way. So wherever you're seeing this, hopefully if you're looking at it through LinkedIn or Twitter, like drop a comment below and tell us what you use to manage multiple calendars. Absolutely. We would love to know because it's big on both of our lists. I need the help. All right. For me, I want to help people avoid bad advocates. This year, I'm going to be a lot more vocal and straightforward about it. So anybody who lives between the margin that the customer is willing to pay and the amount you're willing to accept, anybody like that who's giving you a salary survey, don't do it. You, know, you, you don't get any benefit out of that. Anybody who screws over the veterans community, don't go with them. Anybody who asks you to write for them, splatters their brand all over you and doesn't pay you squat, those are all bad advocates. Uh, I want to double down on that last one, Robert. What? Like you should never do free work for anyone. <laughs> let's let's just be clear there, right? Like someone wants you to write for them and they're going to pay you in uh what what's the what's the word? Exposure. Um, exposure, thank you. <laughs> yeah. if they're going to pay you in exposure. They're not paying you at all. Especially like a, a place that can't even broker exposure. Like if Joe Rogan came on and said, "Hey, can you write something about this service now thing?" and I'll like, I'll just put you in front of my audience. You know, he can broker exposure. Absolutely. Somebody who gets like five likes in a month on all their social media profiles and yeah. exposing you to. Yeah, not a damn thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyways, there's one group that I just tell people, like, you got to avoid these people. Don't do business with them. But I'm just going to have my eyes open for the kind of exploitative organizations and just put a stronger word out through the community of how to avoid them. That's my first New Year's resolution. I think that's an awesome one too. I think putting labor first is a really good thing to do. I mean, ultimately we're all participating in this ecosystem. Most of us are participating on the same side of it, right? And if we do things for us to strengthen our position, it only helps all of us. So totally agree with you on that one, Duke. I think that's a great uh, resolution. Leading to my second one, my second resolution is one that it's actually the first time it's ever made my list, right? And so the idea is just to be a better leader for my clients. I often take a different sort of standpoint with my clients. It's a kind of a firm but negotiable kind of leadership. I think it works for 95% of my engagements. There's 5% of my engagements that center around ITOM and, and specifically around discovery and service mapping and that sort of thing, where you actually have to get several internal teams on the same page. And those internal teams are often the internal teams who view everything the most suspiciously, like your security team, your network infrastructure team, your server teams, right? All these guys, especially in today's age, right, are, are doubly focused on vulnerabilities and intrusions, and they look at everything really skeptically, right? And so in those situations, an ITOM uh, project can go sideways um, really quickly based on the layer of processes that you have to jump through with those guys before they trust you or before they start to give the data that you need or really partner with you. Ultimately, what I feel is that I just got to be a bit more firmer in those situations. We get it done, but the projects always just meander in that initial st stage of forming those partnerships. Mm -hmm. I just got to do something better. I, I think there's some pre-work there that I'm, I'm probably missing that would probably lead to a, a more streamlined engagement and a, and a better engagement for both parties. And so I just got to figure that out and, and implement that so that we can get this done in a better way, create better partnerships and ensure that the project goes well. So uh, what's yours? My next one is to help people better represent themselves. Okay. In Q3 and four, a couple of people asked me, Hey, can you review these ServiceNow resources for me? And I'm like, sure, I'll help you out that way. And I can vet a ServiceNow resume. And the first 
person that asked. I'm like, sure, send me who you got. And it was five people, but somehow, somehow I ended up looking at 56 pages of resume. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what in the hell is this for five people? (laughs) And so no matter how you do the math on that, it's just not right. That's like an average of 11 pages. And I only ended up reading two. I briefly scanned the first page of the rest of them, but I only read two. And I just, I tossed the rest. I'm sorry. I'm not going to read your page resume. And it's just, you got to realize like it's nobody's job to read resumes. Right. And and let's be real. Right. Nobody else is reading your 11 page resume either. Nobody, (laughs) not even you. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I decided I got to do something about this. So I, I've been on SN Slack saying I'll do some resume reviews. I started doing them for free. Then I started charging for them. And I just realized, I don't know if it's our space or if it's a generational thing. Like people just aren't getting taught how to, you know, like I was taught how right. to do it in like grade seven or eight, maybe yeah. even grade nine. Right. And it was yeah, just like it high it's school, a part yeah. of our class. But I'm tired of the feeling every time I read a resume, I feel sad. Like, <laughs> I feel sad. And if you go to knowledge and you hear everybody's stories, every time you turn the corner, another brilliant tale of inspiration and heroism. My favorite part of knowledge. Exactly. But then you read resumes and you're just like, oh my God, what? Do you actually work on service now? Anyways, I have to do more to help people better represent themselves, both on resumes, on LinkedIn, how they interview. That's my commitment for 2021 is to really up the game. The ServiceNow community must have the best tech resumes in the industry. And that's up to me. (laughs) Ambitious much? But no, I, I mean, I think I think that's awesome. It, it'll, it'll be fun to check in at the end of the end of this year and, and see how we actually did on these. Uh, but I think that's an awesome goal. So my next one is more marketing, more sales. I'm doing a lot of stuff off in, in, in the non-ServiceNow realm around local politics, whatever you want to call it, right? I'm on the board of our economic uh, development um, corporation. And so a lot of the things that come across my desk in that capacity relates to marketing and sales. And so... When I start to think about how folks u- utilize marketing and sales in that area and how I'm not utilizing it in my day job, right? They really creates this contrast and disparity. And I start to think about, well, maybe I should be doing some, some things a little bit better, especially around w- when it comes to marketing, when it comes to sales, when it comes to awareness. A lot of the projects and the clients that I get a word of mouth, right? Which is great. I mm-hmm. love word of mouth. It means that I'm doing something right if people are telling their friends about me. But, you know, maybe I'm leaving some stuff on the table. You could apply that skill in a load of different ways, too, some of which is imminently valuable to your ServiceNow projects as an architect, right? Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, right, like marketing and sales aren't just external functions, Mm -hmm. right? Like they could be project facing functions. When you jump into a project, you do have to sometimes market what you're doing to the other stakeholders inside of that project or the folks who who those stakeholders report to. I think people forget that somebody's actually going to use this thing when it deploys and wouldn't right. you rather have them want to. Right, exactly. Don't you want them to actually be anticipating it mm-hmm. rather than it just be something that they get and they're like, oh, another product and they push it off to the side, right? Like, so you took the time to actually build this thing in the hopes of creating value for these folks. You want them to be excited about it, right? So marketing sales absolutely applies in that scenario. Man, What's your next one, Duke? Oh, oh, I just, I'm going to take a quick tangent on that too. I just did a session with Mateen Riaz 
of Integrity Pro Consulting. And it, it like it's not I'm not some marketing per se, but Integrity Pro Consulting is super, super focused on OCM in parallel to project management, right? You can do nice. really, really well managed project, but still have it flop because the organization wasn't prepared for the change. Yeah, absolutely. But I got to imagine a huge part of OCM is marketing just under a different term is to just to make sure that the people are saturated with knowledge of what's coming down the pipe and they got to want it when it gets there. But anyways, I just thought I'd throw that in there. The Mateen Riaz and the IPC boys are really into that organizational change management, which I think is a great precursor or flavor to marketing your projects. Yeah. And I think it's totally underpushed, undersold. And it's a part that can show the most value or sometimes prevent value from being shown at all. Right. If you don't have the right people on board with you, on board with the project, ultimately you can deliver this whole thing and then everyone walks away from it because the organization wasn't ready for it and you didn't do the prep work. Right. Mm -hmm. And typically there's a a function for that, but somebody's got to think about it and call it out. And sometimes it has to be the architect. So what's your next one? My next one is that I really need to publish some knowledge products this year. I recently had the huge, huge honor to go on Dhruv Gupta's ServiceNow Magic, Ma- Mavericks pod- podcast. I don't know if you call it a podcast, but have you ever heard of this? I have not, no. So ServiceNow Mavericks is organized by this guy, Dhruv Gupta in India. And it's the, the Indian market basically on Saturday night, they have this big virtual gathering and they have a guest speaker to speak on some topic. And I've been on twice, one for ITBM and one for performance analytics. But what I realized was I prepared the material for the performance analytics kind of speech. I went for like an hour and 45 minutes and I didn't even put a fourth of all my PA rants onto that course. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, man, I I would love to, because it's not stuff they teach you in, in the training. It's stuff that's hard fought field experience, but it's transferable. You just need to tell people the story. You need to make them feel the pain and torment that made you learn that lesson, right? And besides videos and blog posts and stuff, there's no real way to transport that at scale to the community. And so my goal this year is to take a lot more of the stuff I've learned, memorialize it and put it into some kind of product. Yeah, no, not I, a, not like a not like an app, like a knowledge product, a, a set of videos, a book, that kind of thing. I think that's awesome. There's a lot more of that stuff out here now than there used to be when we started. Mm-hmm. But when I say a lot more now than then, like yeah. it was zero then and like five now, right? Yep. So you know, it, it's this market is far from saturated, and and there's a lot of folks out here who would really benefit from having more of this information out there. Just you know, like you said, the stuff that you learn in the trenches, right? Mm-hmm. You know, why does everyone have to make the same mistakes? You know, I'd personally love to have, you know, someone who has already made some of these mistakes teach me how to avoid them. Yeah. I mean, think about back when, you remember that time you called me about PA? Yeah, I do. And it was just like, it was like just an hour of like <laughs> dump everything yep. on you, right? I could have easily been something like just go watch these videos, lots and lots of them, but you could have zoomed into the exact topic you wanted to speak about. You know what I mean? I Um, do. And let me tell you, dude, like your knowledge and assistance on that was invaluable. Those that my client loved me, they walked (laughs) away from that implementation, extremely, extremely happy. And, and it was like, I was, I was in it, man. I was, I was, I was in this. (laughs) So it's, it's less about patting myself on the back. I so awesome. I know PA and other stuff. It's just more like, Man, the community needs that kind of stuff. 
it really needs that stuff in PA, especially, right? There's so many people that have PA. There is so many people that know how to wield PA, right. the tool. Yep. But there's like, but in terms of like using a tool, like I know how to smash a hammer on a nail, but I don't know how to build a house. Like people yeah. want the house. They don't want the hammer. And so I have the capability. It's my responsibility. I've got to bring that to the community at scale. Totally agree with you, man. And I think that's going to be a, an awesome uh, addition to the community as well. Um, so my next one, right, is just to kind of increase my diversity of offerings, right? Like when I'm working with my clients. And what I mean by that is typically as an independent consultant, the thing that you offer your client is your time, right? Like is your is your time and your knowledge. So they hire you to do a specific thing. That thing could be a project. It can be it, it can be a set of tasks. It can be, you know, a, a few things, but it's typically we need your expertise for a set amount of time and we're going to pay you X. And at the end of it, we expect to have the outcome of Y, right? But there's there's a lot more there, I, I feel, that needs to be explored. There's a lot of ways to create value outside of sitting in front of the computer and coding business rules, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I, I think ultimately there's there's stuff that I can teach my client that they don't necessarily know, the, know to ask for is really where I'm going with this. And so, how you know, figuring out how I can actually expose them to that, letting them know uh, the value of the things that they don't know and why they need them is where I'm really kind of going when I say increase the diversity of my offerings, right? Like it's, it's utilizing my expertise in a way that's different than I'm utilizing it now for the benefit of them and also for the benefit of me. Awesome. My last one is to read the release notes deeper. Um, <laughs> isn't it funny? Like, I took a day and just like went through the Paris release notes looking for things that might make good, like the, my, those little Paris release videos I made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but those ones I'm looking for like small, but powerful. Right. And I'm right. like, I can't do a big, long series on this gigantic new thing, but what I'm finding, and it's so funny because we preach this, what, like every second episode, the product's really big. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was looking through the Paris release notes last night again. And I'm like, me, this is huge. <laughs> like, there's so much stuff that I don't know. And yeah. I always prided myself on like, I could basically talk about everything to some degree. And as of the last time I checked, I can't say that anymore. There's stuff where it's just like, call somebody else. Like, I don't know anything about that. Dude, and it's, like- it's all stuff that's like huge too. agent workspace, like oh. saw it once. that one man we could do a show on agent workspace let me tell you because that one i mean as cool as it is man is it is it niche it is there's some like it there's some nooks and crannies there that you you think you're all you're moving and you're moving and next thing you know like where how the hell did i get here yeah we we can talk about that one (laughs) yeah we probably probably who's the best in the world at agent workspace right now that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. Drop in the comments below people. Who's the best in the world at agent workspace. We want them on the show. Absolutely. Special shout out for that. Cause agent workspace, like I, I've seen it once. I mean, it was a long one. So it was all afternoon. I worked with it and it was two versions ago. So God knows what I'm missing now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there has been, it's been iterating. Um, They've been iterating on it every release. And it, right? yeah, like it's it's just, better and better. There's so much. The other day I was looking at virtual agent too. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm going deep enough on that. And I'm like, okay, well, how do people figure out what to build with their virtual agents? Oh yeah. You come over here to the AI to ask it. What, I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> 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 Damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
that's new too. <laughs> yeah, but this, man, can I rant about this again? Go for it, man. 2021, folks, it's going to be a real, real interesting time in the market. It's time to put your head on a swivel and just meditate on where you're at every single day because we have a tech crunch. We got virtual agent and AI is like completely normalized now. Like there's not a single sales meeting that ServiceNow walks into where they're not going to pitch that stuff. Like that's going to be opening stakes soon. Everybody's going to want it for phase one or whatever next phase they're on. But you think about, we're not in Kansas anymore. It's not that whole simple form and list view thing. You can really quickly add a field to the database. You can add it to the list, add it to the form, create a notification. That stuff is over. We've squeezed tons of value out of that. Now people are going to be squeezing value out of the super hard tech stuff. AI, machine learning, IoT, like mobile, all the elements of service now that are available, but harder than normal. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. just being a service now admin isn't as fruitful as it used to be because you're not on that driving edge of value. But the new driving edge of value is way harder to master. Yeah. No, I totally agree. The 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 thing about that though too is that I feel like the the new edge of value is the scale on it is is um, insane, right? Yeah. Like, so there's a, there's a level of scale that you can deliver with, like you said, the forms and notifications and business rules and such, but then there's a, a next level, right? And I feel like it's exponential um, when you start talking about delivering things like a chat bot with AI behind it, right? Or, and all these conversations behind the chat bot and how these, how these things kind of work to service and provide um, value to the, to the folks in your enterprise or the folks outside of your enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. And, like that, that level of value scales so far beyond, you know, sitting down in front of a form with a submit button. And, you know, once you kind of, once you kind of get into that and, and start to, you know, to, to bathe in the river of value, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, <laughs> you come out. But I feel like I need, we need to do that again, but with choir robes on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I did me like a. In the river of value. <laughs> Seriously, I do feel like I need some back some, a, a backdrop on that or That's something. Right. <laughs> we need a soundboard for CJ and the Duke. Do we do? Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, like, like I said, once you once we get to that point where you, you you're looking at some of the higher the higher end stuff and how that's how that scales value. Psh, I mean, it blows what we've been doing for the last ten years out of out of the um, out of, out of, yeah. Out it's of just the, not as easy. Like I don't think it's the some of the new stuff isn't. Uh, am I going to get in poop for talking about this? Like, it's not the every man's tool anymore, right? Like, you know, when ServiceNow first came out, they were just like, who got it? Who got ServiceNow? Like, you, low-level right. admin, get this up and running. And low-level admin would be like, oh, man, this is really easy. And, like, build super awesome stuff and be the hero. But the new stuff is like, it, I feel like to really get natural language understanding and some of the AI stuff, like, you have to have that discipline beforehand. You know, that what's that phrase? It's like a, a data learn, a lifetime, a master. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to feel like ServiceNow is going in that direction, right? Like a data learn, a lifetime master, because you can still drop this in your regular IT admins uh, lap and say, hey, get this up and running for me. And they can configure, you know, a passable incident problem change module based on, you know, the doc site and mm-hmm. the developer.servicenow.com and all that kind of stuff in the community. Like putting putting together, you know, information that's found there, they can deliver a passable ITSM stack for you, right? It's really when you start to go away from that ITSM stack into some of the other areas of the platform that deliver humongous amounts of value mm-hmm. where things get a whole lot more complicated, but also a whole lot more rewarding. So 
you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not the every man's tool anymore. Once you get away from that out of the box ITSM stack. Yep. Uh, man, what got us down that tangent? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I think it was well, well worn though. Well, uh, well won. <laughs> All right. Um, do you, do you want to keep going or? You I don't know. If, I, like, I'm not sure. I don't know where I'm at. I'm not. And I've totally lost my place. Yeah. Why don't you, you do I'll, yours? Yeah. All right. So, you know, my last one then is really to finish this freaking app that I've been building for the last, I don't know how long. And when I say been building for the last, you know, year of my life or whatever to you note that I, what I mean is like a, a week this month, two weeks next month, mm-hmm. no, no development for the three months, three months after that. And then back to it. Right. Like I really just need to make it a priority and sit down and finish it. Right. I think it's going to provide a whole lot of value to folks when it's actually done. I don't know if it's something I'm going to sell or if it's going to be the foundation of, you know, something that I just provide as a consulting service or however that is. I do want to get it published in the store, though, just to say that I've done that. So I really need to actually put some uh, time and effort into finalizing that, fixing it up, packaging it and putting it out. Awesome. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Any hints on what it is yet? So it, a lot of the the influence comes around managing data, especially managing uh, enterprise data, identity data around like users, groups from Active Directory, locations, departments, all of that kind of stuff. There's a whole lot of data that IT departments manage that should really be managed by the business. Um, but the business typically doesn't manage it due to security constraints, right? Mm-hmm. Abstracting all of that into service now and then presenting that as a service that the business can then manage with appropriate pr- approval levels and mm-hmm. privileged accounts that they don't have access to. If you put all that together in a nice package, it really can take some um, load off of your IT team and transfer that to the people who should have this this power and privilege anyway, like the, the business leaders, right? The leaders of the department. If you're the, the law department head, right, why are you asking IT to add people to a distribution list you control? You shouldn't be, right? Like you should just be able to add your team to the distribution list and take them out when they leave or when you decide to move things around. Right. But right now, all of that functionality is controlled by IT. And so there's a ticket here and then you got to wait oh, because it's a low, yeah. it's a low priority right. item for IT to add somebody to your distribution list. But it might be a high priority item for you. Right. Because they need to get this information. And there's a, a new project coming up and there's a lot of data going to be right. you know, yeah. disseminated via this DL. And now people got to forward things around and all of a sudden now data's getting out of sync because not everyone's getting it at the same time. Right. It just snowballs and creates all of these problems. And you could just, you can eliminate. I've always looked at that as like the garden that never gets weeded. Like I put my consultant on a distribution list for something, but there's no, like only the smartest organizations seem to prune that or make it easy for you to do it yourself. Yeah. I've done a couple of these projects for organizations, which is what gave me the idea for, for the app. Right. Like there's a couple of, couple folks when you get to when organizations get to a certain size a certain scale like this becomes a massive problem rather than just a simple inconvenience yeah right and so there's a lot of folks dealing with it and thinking about it and so that's what prompted me to go down this rabbit hole i think that is a problem for companies at all scales and you know an opportunity really all right, right, folks, we are at time. Be sure to check out Corey Wesley at techvoyant.com. That's T-E-K-V-O-Y-A-N-T.com. Links are going to be in the description below. Also, if you want to see what I'm up to, go to vividcharts.com. Also, big thanks to our sponsor, dotwalk.io. It should be on your New Year's resolution list. 
get yourself to the point where you can do truly push button automated testing. Don't go out of your mind building it manually. Use .walk.io to put those cases that exist in your system into ServiceNow ATF. Check them out. Link's going to be in the description below. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys. Watching? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you on the next one.